Welcome to The Cutting Edge, a podcast series powered by Edge Growth, expert solutionist in enterprise and supply development, SME development, and impact investing in South Africa. Welcome to The Cutting Edge. My name is Lillian Gedzi, and I head the Client Solutions Functional Division. We're responsible for end-to-end client lifecycle management and program execution. With me today is one of our clients, NCTA. NCTA stands for the Insurance Sector Education and Training Authority. I'm going to hand over to our clients just to introduce themselves. Zach and Khutadzo, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Zach. Uh, I'm a research specialist at INCITA. Um, I work in the skills and research division. I'm Khotatsa Mudise, the learning division manager, and my portfolio um, includes the worker programs, which means that we look after all employed people within the insurance industry um, and assisting employers to um, obviously help with skills development needs um, and part of the portfolio is small micro-management strategy where we look after the brokers within our sector um, in support of them being able to build sustainable businesses um, and helping them to develop themselves in the process. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Khotadzo and Zach. I think before we get to the topic of today, we'll get into it today. I think just give us a brief overview. So for someone who doesn't know NCTA, right, what does NCTA do at a high level? At a high level, we are part of the 21 CETAs that were established and we look after the insurance industry and related sectors. So we have employers that um, fall under our portfolio where we support them with skills development needs, um, ranging from employed people within the sector and also unemployed youth. So our employed people, we support them with bursaries, skills programs, mm. um, candidacy, adult education training. And we have, as I said earlier on, um, support for small businesses and cooperatives. And part of our big strategy is to assist with unemployed youth, where mm. we offer them um, learnerships, internships, work integrated learning, and skills programs. Mm. So we primarily look after the skills development needs of the sector as a yeah. whole, um, but also looking at um, you know resolving the issues of unemployment within within our country. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Quite quite informative and I think quite a lot that you've basically described channels into our topic for discussion today. So our topic for discussion today is how corporates are changing the way that they view and contribute towards SME development. So you've already spoken about skills development and how NCTA is assisting brokers from an SME development perspective. So I think let's probably start off with an overview. So what are you doing in terms of supporting these SMEs, um, be it brokers or non-brokers? So yeah, what, what does your program look like? Okay, so we've got a number of programs and um, Zach will talk about the research component of it. 
Because obviously before we even implement any program, there has to be a research that informs what uh-huh. we need to, um, to implement. Mm-hmm. So um, currently we do um, anything from, uh, you know, bursaries, your skills program, which means that a broker, um, if it is that they've got an FSP registration yep. and they registered with INCITA, um, they can submit compliance um, requirements with INCITA, apply through our discretionary grant program, mm-hmm and have themselves or their employees, um, mm-hmm. you know, go through a skills development program, either it's a bursary or a skills program to upskill themselves. Yep. And not only that, um, we've got a couple of programs that are specifically looking at business support and development. Yes. So that we can assist the brokers to be able to, you know, grow sustainable businesses, look after their finances very well. As we know that we've been through the pandemic, some of the businesses yep. have closed. So we have to try and assist them to prepare for any eventuality that might come, either now or in the future. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we do. But like I said, um, primarily it comes from the research yeah. that has been done as to how do we then um, channel the, um, the funding that we have and the programs that we have to assist the brokers within our sector. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, uh, KG. Zach, can you give us an overview of, you know, what would happen in the research department? So, so how, would, how would it start from inception? So, so, so there's obviously a need, and then you guys conduct the research. Following those research findings, we then um, design a program to provide the relevant support to these brokers. So, when do you guys kick off research? What triggers that? So we have um, a research and learning committee that we meet every quarter, which is made up of industry, uh, institutions, academics, and uh, different CEOs of companies. And we have think tank discussions where we discuss uh, topics related to the insurance sector. So we also have three research chairs. Um, one is the U- University of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. We have the Durban University of Technology. And we recently we had the Wits University. Mm-hmm. And they conduct our research for us. Mm-hmm. And the topics that come through are from the research and learning committees that we conduct on a quarterly basis. And from there, we develop research topics and our, our university partners uh, conduct research for us. So we provide all the information and the data and we guide the chairs or the, mm-hmm. the researchers to conduct this research. So our DUT uh, partner does uh, digitization mm-hmm. um, and they conduct research on 4IR. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have our University of Cape Town who conduct research on the labor market on the mm-hmm. insurance sector. And from there, the topics come through and then we, they conduct the research for us and we assist in that, in conducting the research. Yeah, I'm loving this. I'm loving how there's a lot of upfront work and we're trying to make sure that the support that we're going to be providing to the SMEs is beneficial and it actually targets their needs. And in us doing so, NCT is not doing it 
you know, solely, but you're collaborating with a number of, you know, industry bodies, mm -hmm. academia, mm -hmm. to come together to solve for this, you know, how do we develop our SMEs? So there, there's a few words that you both spoke about, you know, there was digitization, there was, you know, the labor market, there was the pandemic. Um, so I would like for you to walk me through um, how has, you know, your SME development programs, how have they evolved throughout the years? You know, yeah, how have your SME development programs evolved? You know, um, it's a very interesting question because we, as in CETA, we had to go through revising what we call an SME strategy for us. Um, and that has brought about a number of things that um, helped this interventions to evolve over the years. Because what we primarily used to do in the past was, we used to offer bursaries you yeah. know, for workers. We gave them youth, unemployed youth, for them to host within yeah. their employment. But the missing piece was that, um, how do you then assist a broker to ensure that they know that they need to work on their business um, and not forget that they still need to grow, they still need to develop, yeah. um, they still need to, um, as you said, evolve. There are emerging skills that are required at the moment. Correct. Um, they should not fear the fact that there are bigger guys than them that are competing Correct. against um, them, but they should see competition as a way of learning. And in that, we started consulting um, associations, we started talking to brokers, um, especially those that have been able to survive for a very long time as yeah. to how did you do it? Yeah. Um, we collaborated with the FSEA to find out what is happening within the regulation that is impacting brokers yes. to such an extent that some of them do not even grow further than where they are or they close their businesses. Yeah. So within those discussions, um, there's a lot of things that emanated from that yeah. as to in CETA, you need to change the way that you look at the SMEs now. It's, right. it's not business as usual. It's not, I fit the small businesses like large and medium companies. Yeah. We have to tailor make some yeah. of our interventions so that we can bring solutions to the table that would assist the brokers to obviously not see in CETA as, you know, I can go there and get yeah. my bursary, but... I can speak to Incita and say, how do I resolve issues that I'm encountering yeah. now within my business? And through the research, just like Zach is saying, the topics that are coming up, things like um, what is it that they need now? There's, there's a lot of talks about the new acts that are coming. Yeah. How do we play a role as Incita? So that's how we started changing the way that we look at things. Yeah. We started partnering with a lot more role players um, so that they can assist us to also shape how do we support yeah. SMEs. And it's a very long journey that we're going to work, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not an easy, not quick fix, all. tick the box, and <laughs> you're done, unfortunately. But we see this as an opportunity for us to say, we've got NSDP 2030 now. Yeah. Um, so bits and pieces of every financial year, we have to take bits and pieces of what we intend on doing. Yeah implement, pilot, impact assessment, yes. and then that will obviously take us or lead us to a more yeah. permanent solution, if I might put it that yes. way. Perhaps it can happen in three years' time, yeah. 
um, because we don't know what's coming no, next. Correct. So it's it's we we open minded now yes. about what role do we play within the space. Love it, love it, Service. love it. Now, KG, I mean, being in the SME development space, edge growth, right? We've found that, you know, as the years go by, it becomes a bit of a challenge to keep SMEs committed mm. on programs, mm. right? Because SMEs are saying, there's a lot of enterprise and supply mm. development programs. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of SME fatigue in terms of ENSD programs. How do you guys ensure SMEs are committed on your programs? Also considering that brokers, mm. sometimes it's a, it's a one, one man, man show. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So how do you ensure that they are committed on the programs and actually get you know, the required support? Um, for, for that, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a difficult one. Yeah. And I say it's a difficult question and it's very difficult for us to find um, brokers that are committed because yeah. like you're saying, some of them are, they are at key eye, they are yeah. still running their business, they're doing administration, yeah. they're still looking after the HR component of their business. So they play, they have wear many hats. <laughs> yes. So we we have to, as in CETA, find ways yeah. um, to ensure that the development path is not a quick, you know, short-term type of. Yeah. And I think having partnered with, um, you know, you guys in the past, we ran two-year broker programs. The throughput rate was very yeah. good because a person can see themselves walking this path. Yeah. They can see the results. Yeah. Um, and they can be able to live those results because of the commitment that they've shown. Obviously, Correct. it's not going to be 100%. Correct. That's impossible. Correct. But um, what we're looking at is um, obviously over a long-term period uh, to look at programs that one can articulate into over, over time. Yeah. So you've got a, a shorter program that will come in this year, perhaps six months' time you go into something else. Uh -huh. But it's a, it's a, a, it's a pipeline. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. It's, a, yes. it's a yes. It's a pipeline. It's not I do this program, next Love time it. it's something else. Love it. So those are the discussions that we're having with our strategy to say, let's yeah. not have your quick and what what come in, do this program. Next thing, another program is advertised. Agreed. So within the the discussions that we're going to have with research, and um, Zach is going to be assisting us in the new financial year, is that how do we get short-term, medium, and long-term? Yeah. So they themselves, the SMEs, have to say, yeah. My immediate need is regulatory exams, yeah. if, if I want to put it there, for example. Class of business. Yeah. My next um, you know, need probably would be that I need financial um, yeah. you know, type of training yeah. or I need HR or I need business yeah. uh, management type of training. So they have to say what is it that they need yeah. so that if it comes from them, there's yeah. going to be a level of commitment because they're the one that have asked for it. Yeah. So that's where we're looking at. We're not there yet. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. We're not there These yet. Are plans for These the are the plans yes. for the future to say, how do we then ensure that the commitment is there and the throughput rate at the yeah. end of these programs, it's at a successful um, you know, percentage. Zach, I'm not sure if you want to add um, anything. Yeah, so we, we conducted the research with, uh, with the Wits University on SMME developments. Yeah. 
uh, in the insurance sector. So a lot of what KG has been talking about and discussing now comes from the research. Mm. So as she said, we are implementing now because we got the research. So now we understand where the SMMEs are having problems. Uh -huh. So when it comes to regulations, yeah. there's a lot mm. of issues that, that SMMEs are facing in terms yeah. of regulations. So as KG was talking about the FSCA, uh, conducting uh, interviews and talking to the FSCA about regulations. And then we also have a lot of, uh, uh, the COVID-19 has impacted yeah, the SMMEs a lot because obviously they are small business. So the first people that get out of business or go out of business is SMMEs because yeah. they are small. I mean, they don't have the fund funding Agreed. available. And another thing is the digitization where uh, because of COVID-19, we had the lockdowns that were, yeah. that were, were happening at that time. And they could not work at the office, so they had to transition from 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 office to work from home. Yeah. So this is where, you know, we have these issues where SMMEs, and that's where the research was talking yeah. about, where the, the regulations and the digitization, yeah. the issues there. So this is, this is the research that's talking to SMMEs and insurance, and from there, we will implement that and see where the issues are and then try and assist the SMMEs in that. Yeah, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. Um, so, NCITA is doing quite a lot, you know, from all that you've both explained. I want to understand how do you guys measure impact, right? Um, obviously, your impact is also associated on some of the regulatory requirements, etc., etc. But, you know, do you look at other, you know, like global sort of metrics mm. such as the uh, sustainable development goals such as the NDP but yeah how do you measure impact? That falls within ZEC and Skills Division's um, yeah. portfolio. We do have impact assessments that we run for every single program the yeah. way we fund at INCITA and I think that also sort of directs us in terms of are we on the right track or not. Agreed. So um, Zach will talk about the, the, the impact assessments, but over the years I've seen it um, working in assisting us to inform us when we have to do our strategic planning. There we go, yeah. Um, because if we know that, for example, learnerships are working, yeah. people are moving from learnerships to internships, they're getting absorbed, some are not even finishing the, yeah. the path because the employers are loving what they have been given. Lovely. And the fact that our learners are committing. If you see the stats about people that have been placed, you also get to understand that that means this is working. Agreed. Um, don't, don't fix what is, is not broken. Agreed. Just Agreed. ensure that you improve and you, you increase on it. So impact assessment is one of the very important um, you know, programs or solutions that we have that if we run that, when we do our strat plan, we know it, um, informs, yeah, it informs also, it assists as one of the elements that could assist us in what we need to implement. Yeah. And to add to that, uh, we did do an impact assessment program and uh, on, 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 the, on the programs that we offer. And we found that um, a lot of the programs are assisting the, the learners to 
Some of them started their own businesses. Mm. Uh, some of them continued to work in the companies that they were employed with because the, the employers were quite happy with them. And uh, some of them continued their studies into uh, more advanced levels of insurance mm. in the insurance sector or into data analytics. Uh, and they started expanding oh, wow. their, 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 their studies on, on these uh, on, on, on these aspects and uh, but what we found a lot uh, from the research is that we found that in the insurance sector there's a lot of uh, gender disparities yeah. and yeah. Uh, we need to increase women yeah. in leadership positions in the insurance sector mm. so this the impact studies and the research tells us that they, we need to yeah. get women more involved in leadership positions Love it. in the insurance sector. Love it. I'm smiling so much. I was telling my colleagues earlier that I'm now doing a course in women in leadership. So mm. I, I, I do understand the the challenges there. What are NCITA's plans regarding that? You know, you spoke about creating your own pipeline. Mm. I do know that the broker industry is very saturated, mm. right? From a white-owned perspective, and now we're saying we want to start developing more black-owned brokers, right? In that, there's then this challenge of, of black female-owned brokers. So what are the plans in terms of building that pipeline? Are you doing anything with the um, institutions that you're working with, with academia? So we, we get the research and then from there we decide that, uh, and KG can talk about, yeah. about the, the requirements into working worker programs. Yeah. But the research tells us that we need, we need to 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 look towards women in the workplace, well, women, to get women into these worker programs because uh, most of the SMMEs are also male-dominated. So this is where... Correct. The, so we need to look at the... the well, KG will talk about the requirements of yeah. the worker programs. Yeah. So we've got a number of programs, and um, let me talk to the SMEs one. Um, so with our broker development program, obviously we sort of, um, you know, ensure that the, the beneficiaries that go into that program, a high percentage of them are women. Nice. Um, because obviously of what you talked about, as, as CETA we do have um, a transformation targets that we have to meet. So in every program that we implement, there's a very high percentage that has to be women um, and from disadvantaged or yeah. MSM middle or whatever you want to call it, but women are a priority in every program that we have to run. Love it. Um, so with one of the programs that we ran for broker development um, and one of the um, management and leadership programs that we are running with the various institutions, um, when the applicants are there and we have to vet and um, give feedback, yeah. a high percentage of that has to be women. Yeah. Um, that's how we are forcing and channeling the, the transformation and ensuring that they benefit um, with this program. And I like the fact that some of the institutions now have got specific programs yeah. that talk to women in leadership. Agreed. Um, and that's where INCITA is heading um, in terms of considering those programs, especially for employed individuals. Lovely. Lovely. But our management and leadership programs now that we're running with institutions that is how we are seeing people transitioning or being 
are moved from one level to the next because we run from level five, level six, level seven, and an executive level also. Love it. So sometimes Love you it. might see, um, having been at INCITA for a while, um, I will see a name popping up from an NQF level six, NQF level seven, which means that the employers are also, you know, um, they are supporting, um, you know, the effort that we Correct. are trying to, um, you know, to to develop these women into high positions. Correct. So it will it will take um, a while, honestly, because as we know that um, um, the the men have have led this industry for a very long yep. time, even in the broker space. If you look at it, um, it's majority owned. Mm. It's 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 men. Um, but I think our women are getting brave, yeah. you know, to, to attempt. Um, and we also have entrepreneurship programs um, mm -hmm. where we run for youth, yeah. which falls within our strategic nice. division, yeah. um, where we select unemployed youth. And there, again, it's a high percentage yeah. of women. So we invest a lot in developing them through a pro series of programs. Yeah. Um, and at the end of that, that then we have to see how many of these I've got that entrepreneurship flair and they do have the characteristics and yeah. the, the competence and this is in them. And then we fund them to start up their businesses. Yeah. So, so that we start, um, you know, increasing that um, entry of, of women yeah. or youth into this industry. Because as we know um, from the research that we've seen, it's very very old yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. um, it needs to be revived <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like, you know, energize a bit, yeah. you know. So again, that is a long-term thing. Yeah. I mean, we've already started last year um, and the number might be small at the moment of yeah. entrepreneurs that have started their business. Um, we had six young, young, um, you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah. And out of that six, one was a guy and five were women. Nice. So... It shows that, um, you know, because the program is so intense, yeah. you can't take too many people Agreed. until we yes. get to a point where um, we, we see that, um, you know, lessons that have been learned and how can we then improve it so that more people can enter. Yeah. But that's the other way that we're looking at it is that not only develop what we currently have and employed, yeah. but bring youth um, also into the, yeah. into the entrepreneurship space. Our almost last question, should I say last. Um, how can NCTA or, or basically what advice would you give to, to other corporates when it comes to SME development? We're all trying to figure this thing out, right? The minute you feel like you've got this, mm. an external factor comes, the pandemic comes, mm. you know, the economy's not doing well. So what would be your advice, having walked this journey, having partnered with all of these people, having to need to, you know, align to, to regulatory requirements, what would be your advice to other corporates also in SME development? Uh, from, from my side, I would say that um, Sometimes solutions are looking right at us, but we're not seeing them. Mm. We have a lot of people that have been in the industry for a very long time. Mm. They've endured a lot and they've managed to pull through and mm. be successful at the end of the day. So having this experience, we need to use it to advantage. Yeah. Talk to SMEs that have been there, that have moved from a small to a medium or yeah. to a large. There's a lot of lessons that we can learn from there. Um, 
and use every single partnership that you have out there because there's a lot of people that are willing to talk. Yeah. We can, we need to collaborate. Um, I know that as in CETA, we've got some of the partnerships that we have with other CETAs because of trying to find solutions that will work for our sectors. Yeah. So another CETA might come with something that we did not talk or think of yeah. for that matter. Um, I mean, we have, you know, industry associations that are very knowledgeable yeah. in terms of what is happening in these spaces, what is happening to their members. Um, and, you know, talking to these individuals and taking their feedback constructively yeah. will help us. So it's all about collaboration and yeah. talking to each other. And um, if we do that, we also don't duplicate effort. Yeah. Um, you find somebody's doing something and you also come up with the same thing. Let's talk together and find solutions that yeah. are going to be sustainable and improve the SME space, not only with skills development, but, but increasing sustainability of their business and improving the entry into the space. Because like I said earlier on, it's very scary for somebody to go and start because there's compliance with Correct. the with the regulation. There's money there's involved. You yeah. have to pay compliance fees. You have to get a compliance officer. So, if we come up with solutions to try and support, um, we we're not about um, you know giving seed funding or anything. Yeah. We are about skills development. Correct. Yeah. So we just need to find solutions that are going to assist these entities um, with skills development or business support that would help them to, to stay relevant, to stay in the business and grow from there, but also to attract new entries yeah. into this. So for me, it's about collaborations. Collaboration. Don't sit in your little corner and think <laughs> that you'll be fine. You, we have to talk to each other. Yeah. We have to. Agreed, agreed. Zach, not sure if you have anything to add yes, there. So, so I agree with KG. Um, I believe that... Uh, the issue with SMMEs is, yes, there are funding issues, but we are not a funding institution. Yeah. We are a skills development institution. So our job is to try and skilled, yeah. skill the SMMEs or skill the, the learners in that, that are coming out from the TVET colleges so that they can have proper guidance yeah. in terms of, uh, of, of running a business, you know, and, and looking after the finances of the business. And so if they have that skills and that knowledge, then they are able to continue to sustain. And then we, we partner with, the with, with our stakeholders mm. who can provide that mentorship and guidance to the SMMEs mm. and open linkages for them in terms of uh, gaining customers and you know, uh, uh, building their, 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 their customer base mm. in terms of that. And, uh, and also to support the infrastructure in terms of uh, digitization and yeah. uh, building the knowledge on, on, on computers and, you know, remote working, Agreed. you know, so it, it gives them that ability and that cutting edge yeah. in terms of uh, a competitive advantage and to build an SMMEs. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and our focus should be on youth because um, uh, the government talks about SMMEs as, mm -hmm. as the backbone of the economy and job, job creation. So we need to look at that the skills to be able to enhance them, yeah. to be able to continue mm -hmm. and, and build from small, medium to large, to a large enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And there you have it, listeners. As Zach, 
and KG have mentioned, the sustainability of SMEs is highly dependent on partnerships and collaborations. As the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Thank you. Follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, where we will be releasing a new episode every two weeks. Or subscribe to the Edge Growth YouTube channel to catch the conversation. Thank you.